glad that those who are traveling are back, and uh, appreciate everyone for taking time to be together this morning. Um, thank you for our, your concern and prayers for, for Nick and our family. We appreciate that at this time, um, especially tomorrow as well. Well, in the passage that Joseph just read for us, we are referred to as children of God, as sheep. And over and over again in the scriptures, we see this. In John 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In John chapter 21, verse 15, beginning. So when they had eaten breakfast, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, I know, you know that I love you. He said to them, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, uh, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. We could cite other passages that refer to us as children of God, as sheep. I have been told by someone who has a lot of experience with sheep that the analogy of us being sheep is not one that is complimentary. Sheep have a propensity to, uh, to getting into trouble, to needing care. They're frail. They are fragile. They need help. In the passage that Joseph read for us, the sheep went astray. They strayed. They went off. Wandering sheep are prey for predators. When a sheep wanders away from the flock, it's in grave danger. A wandering sheep is in trouble. And it is interesting throughout the books of First and Second Timothy that we just finished in our Wednesday night Bible study recently. Paul repeatedly refers to Christians straying. This morning I'd like to spend a little bit of time looking at the warnings of what Paul said would cause sheep, Christians to go astray. There are numerous warnings and we need to look at them because just as dangerous, dangerous as it is for a literal, a literal sheep to wander and stray, so it is for Christians when we stray. Let's look at what Paul warns us that can cause strain in our spiritual lives in First and Second Timothy. We've talked about a lot of these in the past, but I think it's a good opportunity for us to remind ourselves since Paul does focus on this so much in these two books. The first thing that Paul tells us that we need to avoid, and I put the King James wording up here, not just for Mark's benefit, because I think it'll stick in your mind a little bit better because it is such an unusual way to put it. Paul tells us we need to avoid vain jangling. Other translations are going to call that idle talk, but it just doesn't have the same ring. Vain jangling or idle talk can lead us astray. We find this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning of verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning of verse 3. Paul tells Timothy, As I urge you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith which some, having strayed, 
have turned aside to idle talk or to vain jangling. These fables and endless genealogies, what are they? We don't know for sure. But we know what their characteristics are. We know what the characteristics of these fables and endless genealogies are. They are things that cause disputes. They cause fighting and tension around these things. And one of the reasons why, I believe, is the next thing that we see from this context about these fables and endless genealogies is that they're not based in truth and in faith. They're placed in opposition to godly edification, which is in faith. These endless genealogies and fables are not like what we would have with godly edification, which is by faith. That tells me something about these fables and endless genealogies. It tells me that they're not connected with what the scriptures teach. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. These fables and these endless genealogies were things that were on the fringes of what the scriptures taught. They weren't definitive because they weren't based on truth. Godly edification is based on faith. Fables and endless genealogies were not. Therefore, fables and endless genealogies were not based on what the Scriptures taught. You couldn't go to the Scriptures and say, see here this fable, that's what it says right here. You couldn't open up a book of the Bible and say, look, here's that endless genealogy that you need to look at. These things were not based upon the Scriptures. They were speculative. They were subjective. They were ambiguous. And people were spending time talking about these speculative, subjective, and ambiguous things. And that caused disputes that did not edify. That caused people to go astray and wander. Do we have this problem today? Do we have this problem with Christians venturing into the speculative and the subjective and the ambiguous? Do we have the problem today with Christians that are pushing personal opinions and things of a speculative matter and discussing these things with others and getting others worked up and causing disputes and causing people not to be edified? We do. Topics on the fringes of what the Bible teaches. Topics where the Bible may mention something in brief and then they run with that. One of those was in the passage that Joseph just read about the young one's uh, angels seeing the face of the Lord. What is that? We don't know. Now, there have been a lot of people who have taken that and run with it and come up with all kinds of ideas about what, what that means, but we don't know, do we? We know that Joshua's angel is, sees the face of the Lord. That's all we know. What does that mean? We don't know. Now, I can make a lot of trouble about that. I can get everybody stirred up, and I can do a lot of not edifying with that. And I can cause people to go astray if I get to going into those topics. We don't know. These things cause disputes. They cause discouragement. They do not edify. And I tell you, when we risk, when we initiate these discussions, when we start these discussions among brethren, I would tell you, we risk someone's strain as a result. When we participate in these types of discussions, we risk ourselves straying. Christians have. Christians continue to stray. 
when we have these types of discussions. And some people look for these types of discussions. Some people want to engage in these types of discussions. Why? Well, I think the next, next passage is where Paul mentioned this is, might give us some indication into this. In 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning verse 20. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. I want to tell you, there's a sense of arrogance that goes along with these types of discussions, isn't there? There's a sense of arrogance. And I believe some people want to have these types of discussions because of the arrogance that's associated with them. Paul says they need to warn, he need to be careful about these idle babblings, these profane and idle babblings of what is falsely called knowledge. This idea that I'm somehow enlightened. This idea that I know something that you don't. That I've thought about something that no one else has thought about. That nobody else has considered this. I'm the only one who stumbled across this. I'm at some higher plane than everybody else. I'm more intelligent. I'm more studied, I'm more spiritual, and so I'm going to take up these speculative discussions. But God says that these types of discussions that aren't based in faith, they aren't based in truth, He says they are profane and idle. They're profane or wicked or heathenish. These types of discussions. And you might say, well, you know, I'm just going to have this discussion just for fun. Just to throw something out there. Just so we have something interesting to talk about. I'll tell you, you've got to be careful. These types of discussions can lead people to go astray. We need to be careful about what we talk about and what we bring up and the theories that we bring up. And the ideas that we bring up, because if they're not rooted in truth, if we can't go to the Bible and be definitive about them, we need to be careful because they could cause other people to go, to, go astray. Avoid vain jangling. Paul also says if we want to be careful that we don't wander away, that we don't go astray, we need to make sure that we maintain an appetite for the whole truth. The whole truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning of verse 2, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning of verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. There are some people who don't want to hear the whole truth. Now, there are a lot of people that are very happy with some of the truth. There are a lot of people who want to hear the truth that lines up with how they're living right now. There are a lot of people who love to hear that. There are people who love to hear the truth that doesn't require any change on their part. The truth that has no consequences for them. The part that's easy to hear, the part that lines up with what they want to do anyways, they like that. That kind of truth doesn't require any endurance. They're, going to end, they're not going to have any endurance here. They're, the people were going to get to that point where they didn't, have, they didn't want to deal with any of that tough stuff. 
They want to hear that truth that doesn't require any endurance. But those people, when the teaching gets hard, they're out. When the teaching starts to chafe against the way that they want to live, and there starts to be some friction there, I'm out. I don't want to hear that anymore. I tell you, when we get to that point, we're subject to wandering and strain. And the thing is about those people who don't want to hear all the truth, they can find somebody who's not going to teach it. They can find a preacher that will preach it just the way that they want it to be preached. You can find someone in this religious world who will preach it any way you want to hear it. And there have been preachers who verbalized that before. I've heard of preachers who say, well, I can preach it either way. Which way do you want me to preach it? I'll tell you, when we have that attitude, we are subject to wandering. And I'll tell you, there are some preachers who are mysteriously silent on some topics. There are preachers in the past who've been invited to preach somewhere, and they've said, well, don't preach on that when you come here. We don't want to hear that. And there are some preachers who won't choose themselves not to preach it because they don't want to have trouble. They don't want to stir people up. There are topics that need to be addressed by to, uh, topics that are going on in the congregation that need to be addressed, things that need to be corrected, and they just keep their mouth shut. Paul wasn't going to be a preacher like that in Acts chapter 20, verse 26. In Acts chapter 20, verse 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Paul said he was innocent of the blood of all men. Now, wait a minute. Why would he have to talk about the blood of all men? We're talking about sheep strain, aren't we? What happens when a sheep strays? They get killed. Paul had prevented that or tried to prevent that by preaching to them the whole counsel of God, by preaching it all to them. When we don't hear the whole counsel of God, we're subject and in danger of wandering away. And this is because the truth is what we desperately need. John 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We need the truth, brethren. And when we stop having that appetite for all of it, it doesn't matter if it's easy to hear or if it's hard to hear. It doesn't matter if it makes me more confident in the way that I'm living or if it shakes me to the core and says I've got to change and I've got to change in a big way. I need to have an appetite for all of that. And it doesn't matter who tells me this. Whether if I like that person or I don't like that person, if they're telling me the truth, I need to hear it so I can be what God wants me to be. But it's very easy for us to shut our ears. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, Jesus says, For the hearts of those people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. The easy thing to do when we come across those hard-to-accept doctrines and those hard-to-take teachings is to just close our ears. When we do that, I want to tell you we're very much in danger of wandering away and straying from what we need to be. We need to maintain an appetite for the whole truth. Paul also tells us in the books of 1 and 2 Timothy that if we want to be careful about wandering away or straying, we need to make sure we avoid all 
false doctrines. We need to avoid all false doctrines. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. False doctrines. All false doctrines can cause us to stray. You know, there are some in the religious world today who say that there are some central or essential doctrines that we all have to agree about. And we need to defend those. These essential doctrines. The idea that that God loves you, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus is the Son of God. You need to defend those. Those are critical. But there are a lot of all other non-essential doctrines. And we don't need to make a mountain out of a molehill, they would say. We don't need to worry about those. Maybe the way that we worship, the type of music we use in worship, the doctrines and teachings of Jesus about marriage and divorce and remarriage. Those doctrines aren't all that essential. We need this core set of doctrines that we defend, but all these other doctrines, they don't really matter as much. We don't need to be all that concerned about them. I'm afraid there's some who we might even think would be non-essential. What about this doctrine that Hymenaeus and Philetus were spreading around? This idea that the resurrection was already passed. Would you say that's an essential doctrine or not? There are people today who say the resurrection is already passed. Now, they would say we're going to go to heaven, but we'll go to heaven as soon as we die. The resurrection's already passed. We don't have to wait for that anymore. Would you say that's an essential doctrine or not? Well, I mean, we're going to go to heaven, so what's the, what's the difference? Do I go to Hades first, and then I'm resurrected, then I go to heaven, or do I go to heaven straight now? At the end of the day, I'll, I end up in heaven. It's not that big a deal. No, it's a big deal. Every false doctrine has the ability to cause us to go astray. We need to make sure that we stand firm on what the Bible teaches, because any false doctrine opens up the door for other false doctrines. And we've seen little things that balloon into big things when we compromise. Compromise breeds more compromise. And if you're going to be logical and consistent, once you compromise on one doctrine, you've got to compromise on every doctrine. It only takes one false doctrine to lead us away. Avoid false doctrines, Paul would say, if you want to avoid wandering away. Finally this morning, Paul will tell us if we want to avoid wandering We need to make sure we keep our priorities straight. We see this admonition in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 8, beginning. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If you want to make sure that you don't stray, brethren, you've got to make sure you keep your priorities right. It happened in the first century, and I can guarantee you they weren't as prosperous as we are in the 21st century. They had gone astray. They had strayed from the faith. The devil likes to shift our priorities. He likes to take us away from what's most important and get us on something else. 
And when he does that, he can get us to stray from the faith. We have so much in this world that we live in today. We have more today than we have ever, would have ever imagined having a few years ago. Do you have enough? You know, you never would have imagined having a bank account with a number of zeros that you have right now. You never would have imagined having the house that you live in right now or the car that you live in right now or the closet full of clothes that you have right now, whatever it may be. Have you got enough? Have you said, whoa, wait a minute now. This is, I'm done. I've got enough. Do you see how it breathes? The desire to have more and more and more. And if we allow it to breed that, it will cause us to stray from the faith. It's dangerous. It's real. Loving money can cause us to wander away. It becomes our God. It becomes our focus. We serve our money and our possessions instead of our money serving us. And it will take us away from the faith. How does it take us away? How does it take us away? How does it cause us to stray from the faith? Because it was doing it in the first century. And here's your newsflash. It's doing it today. How does it cause us to stray from the faith? Because it keeps us from doing what we need to do for the Lord, doesn't it? It takes us away from being the Christian that we need to be. It takes us away from being the brother or sister to a fellow Christian that we need to be. It takes us away from being the parent that we need to be, or the husband, or the wife that we need to be, or the neighbor, or whatever it may be. It keeps us from doing what we need to do. It takes our focus off of God and serving Him and puts our focus on here and now. It takes our focus away from laying up treasures in heaven to piling up treasures here on earth. It causes us to stray from the faith. This is real. It's just as real as any other topic that we've talked about. All of these topics can cause us to go astray. We need to avoid vain jangling or idle talk. It can cause us to go astray. We need to maintain an appetite for the whole truth. If we don't have the whole truth, we're prone to go astray. We need to avoid all false doctrines. Any false doctrine can cause us to go astray. And we need to make sure we keep our priorities straight. Paul's warnings are very clear because it is a real danger. When sheep wander away from the fold, when sheep wander away, when they stray, they are subject to being prey to the predator. And you know what the Bible tells us about sheep going astray? In Isaiah 53, verse 6. Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 6, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us has gone astray, haven't we? By one of the things we've talked about this morning or by other, some other temptation of the devil, we've all wandered away. And when we wander away, we need to understand the danger that we're in spiritually. And we need to get back to the shepherd. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There's safety with the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Are you with him this morning? 
Have you submitted to him? Are you living in a way that's pleasing to the shepherd? Are you following the shepherd? Or have you gone astray? If you've gone astray, now is the time to come back. And if we can help you, will you let us know while we stand and sing?